the crop. Here. Who the f is that guy? I'm an officer. I'm better than you. And you know it. I'm kind of all. This is The Law. Live audio wrestling with the latest news, info, and interviews from the world of pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and the best of combat sports worldwide. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Tidwell and Brady Weta. La, 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 this is the law. Live audio wrestling every single week. We're having fun. We're doing things. It's going to be a good time. Thank you all so much for joining us. My name is Chris Tidwell, and each and every week, joining me, uh, whenever we can catch him, he's like, He's like a rolling stone. He's like a tree that gathers no moss. He's always on the move. Uh, he's a mover. He's a shaker. He's a uh, candlestick maker. I don't know, but I'm talking about my ride or die, my co-host, Brady Wedham. Brady, it's been another week. How you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. I've, I, I've got to do like the melody just because you did the melody there. I don't know. It's not going to match up with the song playing right now, but I'm doing fantastic. My friend, we had a massive, massive, massive UFC this weekend. I can't wait to talk about it. Me and you have not even had a single text message discussion about this. So no. I can't wait to get into it. Uh, no. How was your week? Well, you know, busy as, as usual, all the things that are going on. And yes, last night, uh, or not last night, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah, last night, yeah, last night. Wow, wow you're that's still how feeling much, good. That's how much of a blur it's been. It's uh, it's that weekend. It's uh, and and UFC 295. Who? Listen, I'm glad it delivered the way that it did because it was late. I was feeling it last night, so it was it was a late one for me. Uh, <laughs> that turned into an early morning. Let's say. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. That isn't the only thing we're going to talk about this week, though. We're also going to talk a little bit of wrestling because that's what we do is live audio wrestling, the law. And so we're going to talk some wrestling. We're going to talk some UFC 295. We're going to even try to look a little bit into the future this week and maybe talk a little bit of UFC 300. That looks like you're rubbing huh? my crystal balls. Huh? Ooh, ee, ooh, ee, 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 ee. Uh, so yeah, we have a we have a lot to get through. Let's take yeah. a quick commercial break because I know everyone listening loves those. And mm. uh, when we get back, let's talk a little bit of UFC 295. Just in time for Christmas, Canadian thrash pioneers Daglo Abortions. December 1st in London at Dundas and Sons with Hex Offender and Polluted. Or December 10th at Two Doors Down in Brantford with Gag Order and Sea of Troubles. Brought to you by Fuck You Two Productions. Get tickets and info at fanatickets.com. And we are back. We're back, 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 back. I got a thing going this week, right? 
I don't know what it is. I'm just, it's it's a good mood day, right? What are you doing? Uh, it's because it, I think it's your birthday, sir. I don't even think it's that. I think it has more to do with the fact that um, we saw <laughs> some <laughs> incredible, <laughs> incredible knockouts last night at UFC 295. The entire the town was feeling it. New York City, Madison Square Gardens was alive. And the theme, the theme that I liked about this entire thing was they put over the garden so huge from top to bottom. It was just like, this is the place to be. This is where legends fight. This is where legends are born. This is where everything happens. And it's funny as they're doing this Brady because the entire time the entire time all I can think about all I can think about is all of those times you know Bruno San Martino right Madison Square Gardens yep right and then as soon as you start thinking about that for me myself all I hear in my in my ears this made me pop all I hear is Waldo Von Eric and the never-ending story of him working Bruno San Martino for 17 days straight with no time limits or breaks in between for water. Sold out every <laughs> night. Every night, packed to the rafters. That's all I can hear in my head as I'm watching this going, wow, this is fantastic. And Madison Square Gardens, I mean, listen, it has delivered some of the most insane sporting events and i'm not being you know not just for the ufc just sporting events in general but we're here to talk ufc so let's do exactly that and let's talk about how iconic madison square gardens actually is who has the number one for madison square gardens attendance record it used to be andrew dice clay because well, it was it's, over the two it's, it's the ufc it's the ufc now yeah. And it's Conor McGregor was Con- the number oh, one. Yes. Yes. The number two, UFC. The UFC. And the number three, UFC. The so UFC. UFC. And if you think back, remember when, dude, remember when like UFC was scratching, clawing, fighting to get into New York? And New York was like, nah, no way. See, we're not letting you around our money. See, no thanks. And even when they did, they skyrocketed the taxes on them and everything. And the UFC is like, we don't care because we're going to go in and we're going to rock the hell out of the Madison Square Gardens arena. Well, I think and they, just, didn't they start in Buffalo or something like that? Like they, they ended up going way in back, yeah. way back in the day. Yeah. Like when it was still Zufa, they fought in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Because that was that whole like they had, but but you had you had fighters from the area too, right? You know what I mean? So you had those 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 upstate New York guys. Uh, the uh, who was it? Um, uh, Howard. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, was I think a Niagara, Niagara guy? You had Dan Severn, who was right over in Detroit. Yep. Well, there's you a know. lot of guys from Detroit. Even Gaza, our old Gaza, buddy Gaza Coleman. Yeah, Gaza Coleman Jr. You know, from the from the area. So, I mean, yes, they they did all of that. But as far as being in New York City, it was a hassle, and they came out swinging. They came out swinging with Connor that first time, and I mean that worked out great, dude. I think Connor's picture is on the wall in the back now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has it. He probably has. My guess 
my guess is that he has one of those George Clooney entrances. You know what I mean? That's exclusive just for him. It's like George Clooney has that the George Clooney entrance into the airport. So he doesn't have to deal with anything. He just scoots right through. Right. Like the Conor McGregor, because the last thing that they want, again, is another Dolly incident downstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got his own private entrance now where they can keep an eye on him. (laughs) Well, it's also it's like when you go to the jewelry store. You step into that first section and then it blocks everything off so they can make sure that it's secure enough to let them into the rest of the building. Because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah, Con- Connor and his guys are hooligans. <laughs> They're soccer you hooligans. S- you said party people wrong. Oh, sorry. Well, I think he's been <laughs> hanging out with Oscar De La Hoya now. So it's a, it's a different group that he's been hanging with. I'm just making stuff up. So we had... UFC 295 in Madison Square Garden. This card couldn't be more jacked. Listen, here was the thing that you looked at going into it. If you started right at the very beginning, you looked at it and you thought to yourself from the early prelims on, you were like, who's Joshua Van? Who's John Castaneda? Well, I'll tell you who I know who uh, Jamal Emmers is now. Well, or now should we're I talking- say Bobby Green Jr.? Yeah, listen. Holy crap, he looked exactly like Bobby's movements. They were perfect. They were slick. Man, Jamal Emmers is is a name that you're going to have to watch out for here in the future. Yeah, the fastest knockout of the night, as it were, round one, 49 seconds, Jamal Emmers just dusted his opponent, Denis Busca. It was even something that I think had Jamal Emmers going, wow, hey, yeah, I just did that. Yeah, yeah, I'm here now. You know what I mean? And and you couldn't ask for a better way to to set the tone because then you get into some some fights, some bangers throughout the night. Joshua Van uh, against Kevin Borjas was like, I mean, it went to the decision could have gone either way. They came to bang. They picked it up. These are the next couple of fights were typical young dudes who just wanted to make their spot. Because even after that, you had another one with John Castaneda and Kang Young Ho. Um, Kang Young Ho, who just came back from doing his mandatory uh, military service uh, from South Korea, which that whole thing baffles me. I don't I mean, in this day and age that that's like a mandatory draft, so to speak, where they're like, no, you need to come and do this for X amount of years. I don't know what that does. I think it, you know, it leaves what uh, a rotation of people in the military, because just as soon as they go in, they they're, they're right back out there again. Yeah. You know what I mean? They do their mandatory service and then boom, back into fighting. And he looked great. He looked great. A huge dude for this weight division uh, because that, and that's why it was at a catch weight, you know, hundred a big catch weight of 138 pounds. <laughs> hey man, don't make fun of us little guys. I was laughing at you, not with you. Settle down. Didn't sound like it. Oh, uh, and then in the early prelims, right? Your main event for the early prelims, because we've said this before, they try to set these up. You got your early prelims, your prelims, and your main card. And they want there to be a main event, so to speak just so that you have a significant break in between from your prelims to your early prelims and so forth. Right. So you had Jared Gordon, uh, New York's own, right. Taking on a Olympic wrestler in Mark Madsen. Yeah. Madsen is no slouch. Wow. But Jared, Jared Gordon came to fight. Well, he's trying to, he's trying to get back that, uh, that Patty loss. Right. Exactly. 
So you you see you see what happens, and he gets into this. He gets into a bit of a dogfight where Mark Madsen is like the pressure, the pressure that Madsen's putting on him, which is no surprise because wrestler pressure is unreal. And he just keeps pressuring and keeps pressuring him, and then eventually Gordon just like bites down on that mouthpiece and says, "If we're gonna make this a fight, let's make this a fight." And ends up catching him and in the biggest win of his career, no doubt about it, because to be able to to be able to tack on a, a guy of that kind of caliber of Olympic caliber on your resume says a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving up the card now. So the, the, the actual prelims that were on ESPN that weren't on the UFC fight pass before the actual card started. Right. We had a good night of fights. We can't sit and talk about all of them or we're going to be seven hours. Uh, as much as I'd love to give you a seven hour show, none of our schedules uh, have that. I would I would point out that Baby Shark doop, 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 did not pull it off. And whoever that judge was that scored her, um, there's something going on. I know people say the, the boxing judges, and we've said it before, that boxing is corrupt. I think that the UFC, it's not so much corruption. It's just blindness. They don't know enough, I don't think. That's we're what starting it is, to see, uneducated. You're starting to see a couple of uh, ex-fighters become judges, but it's just not enough yet. There's not enough of them out there. There's not enough old coaches or old fighters that still know the game and still have their brain about them. Um, I don't think that there's nearly enough education in MMA fighting. Well, the, um, the best referees are usually former fighters as well. You find that too, right? Like anybody who's got any sort of fight experience or fight knowledge or which is a coach usually makes the best referee. So you'd think that that would translate to judges as well. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I would be absolutely horrific as a wrestling referee. As a pro wrestling referee. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because I'm bigger than 90% of the pro wrestlers, but anyways, we digress. Yeah. That listen, that fight, that Tabitha Ricci fight and loopy, um, Lupe Medina's fight could have gone either way. That's the Hamzat of the female division. It was it was a great fight. I mean, technically, it looked fantastic. Yeah. Like both of these both of these ladies got after it in a big way. That fight could have gone either way. So I'm not mad at the way that that fight went. Not at all. Right now, are you mad at the Steve Ursig uh, fight? Versus Costa, because I got mad in the last round when Costa was just letting him control him on the cage there. Yeah, that, listen. That was the most frustrating part of the night for me, outside of the he, main event. He had that. He had that, and then it was, he threw it away. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. He came in that second round, and it, it's like he knew how to how to throw him off. It's like he had figured his timing out, and in the third mm-hmm. round, it, he wasn't gassed at all. He just didn't implement any game plan no but uh that was the most frustrating portion of my night um was there anything else on the prelims that sticks out to you or do you want to get right into this main card because every fight on the main card is fire let's get into this main card right opening up the show which i thought it was supposed to be for vola versus benoit but it turned out to be diego prodigy lopez may i call him a prodigy versus uh pat sabatini and sabatini always a banger but geez yeah diego lopez rocking the uh he wins he should get 50k for the hair of the night <laughs> i don't care about you know yuri prohachka's little like braided bun on top like he's like samu y warrior um diego lopez with that throwback mullet 
bowl cut mullet, man. So glorious. Early Eddie Guerrero uh, art bar days. You know what I mean? With that bowl cut mullet before it became so square. Yeah. And this kid is good. Oh, he's unreal. Oh, good. Because Pat Sabatini is no slouch. No. You know what I mean? Like in any way, shape or form. Pat Sabatini is a stud. Um, but Diego Lopez just he showed up and he was like, I will not be denied. I am fight. This is the thing that I think as well is I think that fighting in Madison Square Gardens also lights a little bit of an extra gear under these guys. It has to. You have to think that because, you know, they're they're seeing the promo stuff, too. Plus, they're getting the speeches, yeah. you know, and it pays off because and we'll talk about this later, but everybody performed. Well, and they can see leading up to the week that even the hotels are sold out. Like everything is sold out. The press conferences. But I think but I think everything. not even just that. It's just the 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 histrionics of fighting in everything. Madison Square Gardens. It just amplifies these guys just a just a little bit more to where they're like, you know what? I got I got at that. It goes to 11 now. We're going to spinal tap this mafak and it goes to 11 now. Right. Why does it go to 11? Because it's 11. And you do that shit at Madison Square Gardens. And that fight definitely did it. Now, follow up that fight with Matt Frivola and Benoit Benoit Saint-Denis. Frivola forever. So I was at a card expo yesterday in Toronto, one of the biggest ones uh, of the year in the world. And um, I pulled a cracked ice rookie Matt Frivola card out of 25. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's fate. This card's going to go up in value after tonight. So I added them to my parlay. Yeah, that did yeah. not work out so well. Now, yeah. we've said this. We've said this before. Matt Favola is a guy who goes in swinging. He is a do-or-die guy. You look at his his wins that he's had lately. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a knockout dude. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. So that's the way he went out exactly the way that he was planning on going out. There was no doubt about it because the guy that he was in there with, with in uh, Benoit St. Denis is an absolute machine. Sometimes this, it's, you want to see the walkout before you bet. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah, you can, you kind of read it. You can kind yeah. of read it in their, in their, in their step. You can yeah. kind of read it in their eyes a little bit, like where they are. Right. You don't, here's the thing. You don't really get that a lot of times, even at the weigh-ins, you don't get it because you know, there's, uh, they've changed it. Obviously they're not as depleted and you know what I mean? Come by the time they're doing the ceremonials or whatever, but you, you still don't quite get it there. It's not until the walkout where some guys just you're like, oh, shit, I was yeah. I was reading this guy completely wrong. And Benoit St. Denis is a guy that I read completely long because it looked like someone had farted in his face before he walked out and the cameras <laughs> turned on because he had that stank face, man. He yeah. was in game mode and he did not disappoint to anybody who bet on the Frenchman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and then and then to follow it up a little bit, we have the uh, Wait, before you do that, um do you want to buy a cracked ice rookie? Nope. Oh, out of 25. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. All no. right, moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie Dern, what the hell? The in the in the um in the battle of the divorcees. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have oh. Jessica Andras. Both of them came out in interviews this week and said that I'm just paying divorces off. Uh, like what the hell? It was is the weirdest, going on? weirdest promo. And, Ro- into and a fight. Rogan and Rogan even mentioned it afterwards. Yeah, in the celebration, you know, uh, obviously, okay, Jessica ends up winning by TKO because Mackenzie Dern <laughs> looked like she had just graduated from elementary school of striking. She was what playing the hell was... volleyball dude, out there, dude. Listen, listen. Mackenzie, I haven't you're seen... talented. What the hell was that? Well, it's tough to take Jessica Andrade down because she is so strong and her wrestling is really good, right? So uh, you had to think that she was going to work a little bit more on her striking. I haven't seen this kind of... I haven't seen this kind of facial shellacking inside of the ring like that since we saw Ronda Rousey get tuned up it was the same kind of thing because she got stood up tall and then just like teed off on enough because Mackenzie everything everything that she kept throwing every time she would throw she was afraid of taking that taking that shot back because she knew that Jessica's a counterfighter so she'd throw and try to get get back out of the way at the same time and what ends up happening is you pull your head up and when you pull your head up you leave your chin straight up like that and that's exactly what happened the shorter stronger fighter boom Four times, four times yeah. in one round, she went down. You, that you very rarely see that in any sort of women's fight. It's just not a thing that happens. Like even with Jessica, Jessica Andrade, my her cyborg Amanda Nunes, Valentina, those are. I think the only four consistent knockout artists in the women's division that we've seen, like with big names, but you don't but, see knockouts right. all the time. But I mean, Jessica's, it comes from those four. Jessica's, you know, now 25 and 12. Yeah. Right. She was coming off of three losses. She's a journey woman. You know what I mean? So for her to come out and look this good against somebody who they were touting as going to be a future star in Mackenzie mm-hmm. Dern, like Jessica knew that her, she had to come out and be on her game. And she absolutely was. She stood, stood strong. She took that leg right out the, from the beginning with those low yep. leg kicks, this new, and it's not new. It's been around for a while now, but this, the development of the game of landing these low leg kicks early on an opponent is that's the new thing, man. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in detail here in a couple minutes. You can take somebody out quick. Well, that's called a segue, my man. But proper, proper uh, shouts out to Jessica, though, um, for it looks like that was the most patient I've ever seen her. I've I've never seen her that patient before when it comes to fighting in the octagon. She usually likes to blow a gasket or she just doesn't engage. Like right. it's one or the other, right? She either she either blows her load or she just mm-hmm. does just doesn't want to engage and, and lose her entire gas tank. But she was so composed last night. But shouts out to Jessica Andrade. You uh you were the person that would have killed my parlay if that didn't already happen earlier in the night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now co main Co main event time. <sighs> Listen. You knew going into this, you knew this was going to be one of these fights that was not going out of the first round. 
You had a guy in Tom Aspinall, probably the fastest, uh, lightest heavyweight uh, in the game today. He has Brock Lesnar combine numbers, man. And I don't mean like lightest, like in weight, because that would probably go to Randy Couture, who had to like, you know, put on weight to make that heavyweight limit. He was rocking in at like 207 or some bullshit. I'm talking a guy who like literally floats when he fights. It is unbelievable. The movement, his in and out, his speed with his in and out as a, and let alone just as a heavyweight, but as a fighter. His his speed is unreal, um, which you need to be because he was fighting a guy in Sergey Pavlovich who has like a three mile reach. You know, he's got Sergey's got that Brock Lesnar, that 84 inch crazy, huge, broad chest reach. I mean, because and I love this. I've always loved this. Tell me what you think about this. What do you think about the fact that they actually do measurement stuff like from fingertip to fingertip it must seem like in the ufc yeah that seems silly to me yeah they do should do it like boxing like your reaches and from and 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 just just your arm yeah like you know what i mean because you can have somebody who has an 84 inch reach but that's because they've got you know 30 inches of that is chest Uh, yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so like what do we what are we what are we talking about here and it clearly didn't matter because no, Aspinall didn't. came in and Aspinall's speed is unbelievable. And he, him again, right away, boom, right for that low leg kick. His speed, his power, and his chin. All three things that's 100% just, because Sergey Sergey got him. Yeah, Sergey got him. Yeah, yeah. His mouthpiece almost fell out. That's how bad he got him. Yeah. And that was him within the first, like, I would say 25 seconds. I, I don't have the clock in front of me, but I probably within the first 25 seconds, he had caught Tom and any other heavyweight, like a Curtis or whoever became before him, uh, dropped. So Tom weathered the quick storm. I guess if that was even a storm, it was like a quick little downpour, um, a couple of droplets. He weathered that storm and, like you said, came back to crack him twice. First one knocked him out. Second one knocked him down. And then three hammer fists later. Wake him back up. And new, new UFC interim heavyweight champion. No, no, I'm not saying interim. Well, you have to because that's what he won. No, doesn't matter. He's the heavyweight champ. He is. But he's not. He's the lineal heavyweight champion. John Jones did not have to give up his championship for an injury. It's because he's not a samurai. Well, either. But. Jamal Hill had to give up his speaking of samurais for an injury. Why didn't John Jones have to? Um, because his last name is Jones and his first name is John. Oh, middle name Cha Ching. Uh, Cha Ching, yeah, yeah. I think they're setting that up for UFC 300. Oh, why are you spoiling things now, Brady? Why are you spoiling the if big you know surprise? me, man, I like to throw 450s in in the beginning of the match. Opening spot. <laughs> You're so indie. I'm so indie. You're so indie. Talking about samurai. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about samurais. New, uh, everyone's proud of Tom. Uh, if you haven't seen the presser after the fight, go watch. It's actually a, an interview that most people should yeah. go watch. If you care about the heavyweight division, Check out Tom Aspinall's presser. Uh, you can get it on YouTube or wherever you like watching the press conferences. But he's a very humble guy. Gave the belt to his dad. 
uh, basically said that, you know, his coaches and his team were just as responsible for, for him or anyone who's helped him throughout the way, whether that he was did, one chance at smart, whatever it was. He didn't have a visa. He didn't even have a visa. He threw his back out. He threw his back out. He was getting ready to go on vacation to, you know, relax. Um, and this was three weeks out and he gets the call and he says, you can't win it from sitting on the couch. Yeah. So, like this is a mentality that uh, that is brought up not nearly enough with the youth of today. Uh, and Tom Aspinall, uh, shout out to Tom Aspinall's dad for yeah. raising such a stud. Yep. Absolutely right there. There's a couple, you know, I mean, listen, everybody talks about, everybody talks about, oh, that's my dad and that's my boy. You know, you still see it like Chris Weidman's, you know, dad or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we have these moments, right? Floyd senior with that, but, but it's the, it's, it's the guys that don't take the recognition. It's the guys that don't step to the front, that don't step in front of the mic, like Tom Aspinall's dad, who's just, just this little, littler dude. Everybody's a little dude next to Tom Aspinall, who's yeah. just, you know, very proud and raised his kid. Right. And when he, he raised a champion. When he was standing beside his dad, I was like, oh, man, if I had a boy, I, I, was, I hope he would have been that big. I'm too old well, to have kids now, but you know what I mean? Well, by proxy, he would have been that big compared to you at age nine. Now, well, all right. Moving on. Main event. <laughs> samurais. Uh, samurais. Bows and arrows. Swords. So, light heavyweight championship matchup where the current champion had to... Uh, no longer be champion as soon as that opening bell hits. I'm getting an anxiety Jamal, attack again. The same way Jamal, Hill, <laughs> Jamal <laughs> Hill had to give up the belt. Oh, really he's still, even though he was there, right? And uh, he had to give up the belt so that these two could fight for the belt, uh, so to speak. And you had, I mean, listen, Yuri Prohashka looked like an absolute comic book character <laughs> just the way he carries himself do. is so crazy they alex perea alex perea looks like an anime character oh okay good reference yeah like a right. killer like the, the the bodyguard for like tuco or something in, in breaking <laughs> Exa- back yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he's one of the twins <laughs> he's just a i don't think anyone's made that reference yet he's one of the twins yeah, like because here's the thing: you usually will you only see him in like you know tight shorts and no sh- no nothing else. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, that dude walks in in a in a black suit with a white shirt on underneath Everybody's with Samuel leaving. L. Jackson by his side, and like you just oh I'm everybody's dying gone. right now. Yeah. yeah, everybody's gone. This is it. You're done. And the two of these guys get in the cage and they start locking eyes with one another, it's and neat. neither one of them. Just the entire time, just eye screwing one another yeah. leading up to that opening bell. And I was screaming. Whew. This is the most, I was by myself and I'm like, this is the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life. I it can't really take was. this. I'm having a fucking anxiety attack. Like I was, I was begging. I felt like I was in there because I was begging for buffer just to get through it. I was like, dude, yeah. shut the fuck up buffer. Just fucking yeah. get on the side. Yeah. Yeah. We know who they are. This guy, this guy, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. Yeah. 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 And it, and it did. It didn't disappoint. No. And here's the thing. Um, it went exactly like I, I thought it was going it. to. 
I want to watch it. It went exactly like I thought it was going to, um, except for obviously the finish, because you can never predict what a finish is going to be. No. But what you can do is know how the guys are going to open up. This is exactly how they were going to open up. And listen, Yuri Prohachka had he had success. He had success on Alex Perea. There is no doubt about it. He was he was doing quite well until they got into that close exchange. And once you get into those close exchanges, because Alex Perea has this way, he he if he's got you up against if he's got you up against um, the cage or in those tight quarters like that, those Vanderlei Silva quarters, he he generates so much power from such a short space. That it's it's deceiving how fast and how accurate he really is. And this is what I talked about uh, with you was the fact that I think that he's going to find that spot. His his accuracy is that much better uh, than Yuri's is. Yuri is way more unorthodox and could catch Alex with, you know, something crazy, something spinning, something that you would like, you can't plan for anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. But Alex went in there and when Alex got a hold of him and hit those couple of shots and you see that first one and Yuri buckles. Yep. And that calf kick, man, that calf kick. And when he buckled, he was out. Oh yeah, he was. When he buckled, he was out. He wasn't pulling. He wasn't trying to pull guard on that one or anything. No, he went down. no, no. He, he was slid, down. He yeah. slid straight down. Yeah. Now, now, Be- before we even he... get into, before we even get in that, to hold the, just to hold the point right there. <laughs> just, just right there. <laughs> I think Yuri was compromised before he even got punched in the head. Before those he came two, into the cage? Those, no, 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 no. Oh. Those two calf kicks. Oh, yeah. Those two solid calf kicks. And we were talking about that earlier. Going back to that. That had him so messed up that he went from being he went from switching stances to being in both stances because that leg was bothering him so much. Yeah. So you're right. When he did try and put the pressure on Alex, this is where he ended up. And you're there was no pulling guard. That was I'm out. And if you didn't see if you didn't if you didn't see the presser afterwards or the interview afterwards, what was your initial thought when you first seen it? Did you think early stoppage or no? No. And here's why, because when I saw it on the replay before they got, you know, when, when it first happened, you could kind of see a little, uh, a little slump. Mm -hmm. Um, And then off the replay, you're like, Oh no, that was completely Mm -hmm. fine. No, now when it happened, of of course, when it happened, when it happened, you're sitting there going, ah, because your initial reaction was like, ah, then you see Yuri stand up and do the wobble do the stanky leg and you're like, Oh no, no, no. He would have, he was just about to get murdered. I'm okay with this stoppage because you want to see a guy like Yuri fight another day and chances of that happening. If he goes, you know, on, on, uh, um, what, what sort I'm looking for. If they're un unblocked punches, so yeah. to speak it's from, from a, on, on a downed opponent from a guy by like Alex Padilla, like, oh, he he fell into full mound. It was over. Like it, it was a good call, uncontested. The... Yes. Damn it, that's the word I was looking for Un... five minutes ago, Brady. Uncontested punches Wait, to the face. Your math skills are horrible too, because that wasn't five <laughs> minutes ago. It was literally like fifteen seconds ago. <laughs> Life. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <you> guys... <laughs> no. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, the UFC 295 was fantastic. We're was. not going to spoil any more for you, although we spoiled no. everything. So yeah. go back and watch it if you haven't. It's still available on ESPN Plus and what we should do right now, talking about ESPN Plus, although they're not a sponsor yet. Yet, um, yeah. we should pay homage to our sponsors. Should we do that? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about the the future UFC because we've talked about uh, we know what next uh, December, or January, February, and March have in store. Let's talk about that very quickly, and then we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling because we did have some happen this past weekend with TNA. That's right, I said TNA wrestling, but it wasn't TNA and it wasn't Impact, but it was them. What could it possibly have been? This is the Law Live Audio Wrestling, and we'll be right back after this. Hello, special friends. You can catch Greg and Brad, your smack daddies, each weekend on the SNME Radio Network. We cover our lives, what's happening on the East Coast, and eventually cover SmackDown. Check us out each week at SundayNightsMainEvent.com. Please subscribe to get your Smack Daddies and the rest of the SNME Radio Network content directly to your podcatcher for less than a dollar a week. We the ones! All right, now let's go to work. Pack a lunch. Come on. Welcome back to live audio wrestling, otherwise known as the lot 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 law. See, I can do it too, Chris. I can do the whole lot 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 law. Any new listeners, I apologize. We don't do this every time. It's fun to have fun. It's his birthday if nobody if somebody fast forwarded earlier happy birthday sir well you know um listen here's the thing uh the powers that be the people that uh are actually driving this ship uh are also uh very demanding drunk and they said there's no way in hell you're gonna get any time off we need to suck all of the life force out of out of you that we can because you're getting older and uh, we need this. Wait, we need makes, this more than anything. That makes the owner sound horrible. I know, right? Oh, wait. Oh. Shit, that's us. Yeah, stop. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> well, uh, while we're cracking our own whips behind our backs on ourselves, yeah. um, let's put you to work, sir. You wanted to talk about TNA. I mean, that's who it. doesn't? No, wrestling. TNA oh. wrestling. You wanted to talk about TNA wrestling. Well, these notes are useless now, I guess. Yeah, throw those ones out. Uh, let's talk about what Scott Moore and what the lovely folks over at Anthem are doing with changing the name of Impact Wrestling to TNA. Now, we don't need to talk about it. There's greater minds that have talked about it. There's yeah. dumber minds that have talked about it. Yeah. One of the things that we want to talk about, which was close to home, and we had a whole bunch of our members of our team there last night, mm-hmm. was Impact Provincial Wrestling. Is that what they call it? Federation. 
Oh, Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation? Is it Impact wrestling or is Federation? it International, International Professional it, Wrestling Federation? Is that what it is? I don't know, but I know that it's the IPWFIP IP on the bowl. IP on the Square. floor. I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a complete throwback. 0.14. A complete throwback to old school territorial days. Um, if the Indies were still being run by guys like Bear Man, guys like, you know, Al Tomko, guys like, like we're talking like old Stampede. Yeah. Old Can-Am, old Grand Prix, old Portland, old, you know what I mean? Old time wrestling where it was gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. Not, I don't give a damn about your real name. You got to be, you know, uh, Lumberjack Red, or you've got to be. Well, Duke's you, cutting his arm with an ax on some random, <laughs> you know, some random local right. TV. You're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? You're hacking yourself up for a, yeah. for a promo. So, so if you haven't seen these yet, if you haven't seen these yet, I mean, then you have no idea what we're talking about, but the fine folks over at impact wrestling slash TNA slash Anthem, uh, throw on these shows mm -hmm. where everybody is in a throwback character. And they're a lot of fun. If you're, uh, if you're into it. Uh, from a fan's point of view, I can imagine they would be a lot of fun, especially from an older fan's point of view, because everything is completely throwback from the from the types of, of booking to the characters, to the matches themselves, to the crowd interaction. Everything harkens back to uh, what some would say the the blessed days of old school wrestling. Mm -hmm. So impact. When this airs, though, uh, mm -hmm. you will be able to hear it in full detail, the entire rundown of it uh, on Impactful on Esmini Radio. Yeah. You can check out EsmeniRadio.com, and that is hosted by Eric B. Who was at this whole thing. To check he was. Out, right? He went yeah. there representing us because I was. So we, we won't be we won't be giving away any of. That's very impactful. Yeah. We won't be giving away any, <laughs> any spoilers or anything like that, because that's not what we're about. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh, we don't do that kind of stuff uh, and we would never start it, but no, it got me to thinking, Oh, you, you didn't, you stole, oh, you I, stole it before I did. I think I got, know where you're going. It got me to thinking about this with all of this throwback stuff and all of this uh, recreation, because oh, I don't want to call it a throwback because the throwback means that they were just going back to where they were. I, I mean, wrong. a recreation. I was right? wrong. I thought you were going to complete. I thought you were talking about the future. Oh, I, I, well, yes and no, but the recreation by bringing back the name TNA. So they're bringing back the name TNA, but they're doing it in uh, for future shows. And they say that it's going to the look and everything is going to change. And when I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the look, even though no plans have been made as of yet. What are your thoughts if they were to come out and just finally say, you know what? Maybe it's not going to be six-sided. Maybe it's going to be five-sided or <laughs> nine-sided or whatever. But what if they were to come back and say, you know what? That six-sided ring wasn't necessarily a bad idea. What if they were to say, we're going to give that a shot in a new way? What would you say about that, Brady? 
I would say a few things. One of them would be to the boys in the locker room. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. Uh, second thing I would say, um, why? Why? Like, re- like, really, why? I don't think it worked the first time. I think it was unique when it first started, but I think that probably the only good thing that Hogan and Bischoff did when they were there was got rid of it. That may well, piss that's a because lot of they people off. How, that's because they didn't know how to move in it. Does I anybody know a, how think, to move I in think, it? I think from a theatrical point of view, when you, if you're talking about trying to do something new, you said it yourself. You said that it was it was unique when they did it. Yes. Why but, can't it be unique still? Well, it was it was at a time where you needed to be unique to stand out because the WWE had everything cornered and it was such an oversaturated market at that point. WCW had burned itself out. ECW had burned itself out. All these like mini indie shows were starting to lose, you know, draws, things like that. House shows were going down. You had to do something. So why couldn't you take that same, that same style, that same approach and create something new with it? Or at least, at least be open to the idea of using it for something special. Yes. A one-off pay-per-view would be amazing. But I still would want to say to the guys in the back, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Because I know I know you know as well as I do. Those things are stiff. They are just the, the construction of it. It's more like a it's more more like an octagon yeah. cage than anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if uh, in my if you're asking me, if you bring that back for a one off, you go all the way out and you surround it with a cage. That's a good idea. Lethal so lockdown, six, yep. uh, lethal some lockdown, lo- you know what I mean? yeah. something like that, um, where where you can actually use the cage, I think, instead of the ring itself. Right. As I mean, if we're talking about from uh, from a from a wrestler's point of view of being able to navigate in a in a ring like that, it makes it very tough unless you unless you do a lot of flipping stuff, Hippity-flippity. right, a yep. lot of a lot of uh, uh gymnastic stuff from for that point of view it's great it's fantastic because you have more corners more edges more things to jump in and out of than you do with say just a four-sided ring right but from a if you're an older school guy who's very who was raised in traditional right maybe that's what it is maybe there's not enough people yet who have been trained in a six-sided ring so they, when they get to that level, they they get trained in a four sided ring. All of a sudden, they go to work for a company that has a six sided ring, and how they many, don't know how to work in it. But how many of those are left? I think there was only one in Ontario for a minute, but I don't think those rings are even around anymore. Listen, listen. As much as we try to think that Ontario is the only place in the world that actually breeds professional wrestlers, <laughs> there's other places, Brady. Is and there? I don't know okay. if you know about this. I don't know if you know about this. You can build these things i know you can Rings can be built but know? i just i don't see any like promotions anywhere like where there's highlights coming from it where it's like hey we're doing the six-sided ring thing yeah well as a guy who as a guy who builds rings as well trust me i am in no hurry to, to build try to figure out the logistics of yeah. building a proper six-sided ring. i think they've all been broken and anybody who knows how to repair rings just was like no nah, no nah, you're on your own and that's, they're you're... all sitting somewhere in a in a junk pile or somebody's garage. <laughs> I think no. these six-sided rings have been burned. 
<laughs> really? It's just it's like a Simpsons, there's a Simpsons tire fire, but it's all just six sided rings. Yeah, the whole just city burned showed up. forever. It was all of, it was just Ontario. Ontario just just rented them all because I feel like at one point when when TNA stopped using it, there was like four shows every weekend. I had like one of them had a six sided ring. You're like, what the where the who's renting this? You probably know who was. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't want to see the six sided ring again, even if it's a one off. I think if they do it, even then you can do it once. Never again. Just do a one night only thing just to get the pay-per-view buys to put some money in your pocket. But I think at, by the end of that show, it's already boring again. Like, yeah. Oh, so, so you bring it out just for one match. No, you bring it out for a one-off, but I think you just, you hype it up. It's a thing. And then you just never use it again after that pay-per-view, because I think by the end of the pay-per-view, the six-sided ring has already lost its appeal and, or, and you can do it with, see where I like the six-sided ring outside of lockdown and this is maybe where you're going with this too, is the top rope, what's it called? The X X rope match, the, where yep. they climb the rope, the cruiser, the young guys, the yep. X division. I know what it is. Ultimate called. X? Is that what it's called? I think so. I don't think it is. The Ultimate X match? Man, we are so bad at this. Is it <laughs> Ultimate it X? Yeah. It probably is. I'm the worst. Yeah. I got a lot on my plate. I'm moving. Yeah. Hey. 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 Speaking of Ultimate X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh no see how i segue you oh we need to take a commercial break no all right oh. that one broken ladies and gentlemen you know what okay, we do you know have what? more bills to pay i'm tapping until the end of the show we're coming back and we're gonna go to tids kicking the head and this is an amazing fantastic interview uh but yeah i gotta preface it a little bit i did the Why? i did the editing for it if you have young children um, that have sensitive ears to the word F, the fuck. Okay. The word fuck. Okay, uh, it's on. a casual combo. I don't want, I didn't want to delete okay, hold it. On, hold on, hold on, hold right, on. You do. You. Let me first, let me first say this. If you have young children <laughs> that are listening to this show, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no. There's oh. a whole generation of kids oh. that grew up on the law. We're trying oh. to continue that yes. legacy. Yes, they're not that age anymore, Brady. They oh. grow up. Well, there's about 104 <laughs> f bombs dropped in the next hour here, guys. Coming up, Listen, so I just want to preface first. Sometimes, when you have a conversation with a good brother mm -hmm. that you've known for many, many years, um, and it's this is not like we said; these are not wrestling interviews. These are conversations between me and other. Uh, wrestlers, performers, workers that I respect and admire. And uh, sometimes when having those conversations, it becomes a little bit more natural than putting on a front for said radio and microphone. You forget that there's a microphone and you're just having a conversation with your buddy. And what a, it is. what a conversation it was. Uh, it was a pleasure listening to it. And I think every single person listening is really going to enjoy the next. Uh, All right. The next little bit here. So, all right. So, let's take a quick break. Yeah. We're going to pay off these last little bit of bills. And when we come back, uh, we're going to sit down and you guys are going to listen to me have a conversation, a one on one conversation with one Mr. Sin Bodhi, AKA or FKA, I should say, Kazarni, formerly known as Kazarni from the WWE, uh, also one half uh, or, you know, part trainer in the snake pit down training center and just all around good brother and incredible incredible character 
I'm talking about Sin Bodhi. So we'll take a quick break, come right back, and we're here on The Law, Live Audio Wrestling. Santa? Yes, my elf? I have a real particular list from an older kid from Hamilton. Well, I'm sure we can help a Hamiltonian. They like a three-day party. One that stokes out the headbangers, the punks, the hippies, the hip-hop heads, the drag queens, and they want pictures with sexy Santa. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho! Sexy pictures with me. No... They specifically said, not you. Give them passes to Past Presents Future, December 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Corktown in Hamilton. Fanatickets.com. This is the Law Live Audio Wrestling, and I want to take a second here just to give you a brief little synopsis, if you will, of the person that I'm sitting down with now. We've known each other than I think even even we realize how long we've known each other. I've known this man since before wrestling, believe it or not. Um, it's, it's, it's a small world and kind of side story is like where I was born, he lives, and where he was born, I live, and we've done this juxtaposition in our lives almost but there's so many similarities that I'm super excited to sit down with this man. This is a man who is, he's been in, he's been in damn near every single company around the world. And probably a few made up ones that are on his Wikipedia that nobody even fucking knows about. I'm talking about the original sin. I'm talking about Kizarni. I'm talking about the man now. Yeah. The, the the crimson masked demon at times <laughs> i'm talking about sin bodhi sin brother thank you for joining me here how you doing well tid it's been way too long thank you for having me uh, before we got on air i was just impressed at how, again how how well aged like fine wine and stinky cheese you look you yeah, look like, so young like limburger yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke with everybody i'm like man the years have not been kind like i neck down i'm in good shape neck up i'm semi-sane but like i used to look like jack sparrow now i look like Dwight the clown bang george Steele. so i'm like with a with a hint of santa claus so i'm it's, like what the heck in heck it's so it's so crazy because like, you you watch it even over time on yourself right you you know the beard starts to go and you get that you get that one little gray hair and then that gray hair turns into a bit of a stripe and then you wake up war- one morning boop and the whole thing is just gray, and you're going. What, and you're, what and you're, you're Clint Eastwood sitting on the lawn with a Grand Torino and a shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> it's overnight. crazy. I don't, I don't get it, right? So, so yeah, I mean, it's way, way back at way back at FCW, like when I would like I had like the bleach blonde hair, very yeah. D. Schneider meets Michael Hayes meets Rip Rogers, you know. But I would do the uh, the beard, and I didn't want to like uh, chop it all up extra weird because like Jeff was you know doing that. But I just was like every time I'd see a gray hair, I'm like, well, if I there and then i then the next thing you know i've got these tiger stripes so i'm trying to hide it on purpose by accident on purpose and all of a sudden and then hence that whole weird jack sparrow kind of thing just came because i was k-faving gray hairs you've been growing yours long enough you know that it doesn't color the same side it doesn't grow evenly on you know what i mean one side grows a little faster than the other so you got to get past that that whole stage of bullshit (laughs) right so if i shave shave now like like jake the snake's got that like proper like 
man's man, like steel wool, five o'clock shadow at one o'clock that he could like literally rub paint off a car if he just, you know, rough skied it or something. Yeah, and yeah, I've got yeah. that soft, like, I don't know, I'll, blame, I'll, I'll call it the Monsanto face. I'll blame it on all or whatever the heck and heck all the mad scientists are putting in the food and the water. But like, I've got such a soft baby face and it's all patchy, like Keanu Reeves patchy. I just, it's just so long that it just, it just kind of just, it's just but a patchy of hair. So, but with the beard, with the beard, you're like poster child for the militia. You know what I mean? So like, keep it going, brother. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. We were, we were talking about this and not me and another wrestler the other night on a plane. And, and uh, we're talking about that. This has been a wonderful force field out of the ring in my travels. Like I meet so many wonderful people and I've seen so many wonderful places. Thanks to pro wrestling. As Gangrel would say, wrestling owes me nothing. I owe it everything. But traveling like this when when things weren't so great or aren't so friendly, this sort of again, I'm not Chuck Norris or anything. I can defend myself, you know, I can I can I can sports entertain or I can, you know, uh whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. But this is such a great deterrent. I think my it's my daunting good looks is what I really have arrived at. Just like everybody's well, man, don't mess with that Brad Pitt stunt double. You this know? is what I was saying. Like everybody's afraid to walk up to that really, really hot chick. You know what I mean? Because you're like, ah, there's no point. He's just going to get shot down, right? Well, I, that's broke. what I thought, too, the same thing. But really, this is unapproachable as fuck. <laughs> you look across there and you're like, he may ask me for something that I'm going to be forced to give him. And I don't know if I want to give that up just yet, right? So you know what? it I'll works tell you, out great. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, blowing smoke or anything. It's, it's just 100%. I vividly remember when I like was first around you, you know, and I was a bouncer and all that stuff at that time and everything. And I just met you. I mean, you're a tall dude. You're a big dude. But you always had that sort of that resting bitch face where you looked <laughs> mean, but you were so friendly. And it, I, I could see how that could be really off-putting. Like, I remember, like, I, I rolled up on you respectfully. And, uh, and and we've always, I don't I don't think we've ever had an ill word. I can't, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast. But I, I, I mean, yeah. you know, qu over a quarter of a century, I don't ever remember, you know. But I, I remember you know me having an argument with somebody here or there you having an argument with somebody there here or there and i just i remember we were both always you know pride ourselves on, on being you know trying to solve something as opposed to like and just 100 100 there's no there's absolutely i've always been a big proprietor of like because this mouth was put here for a reason it wasn't just sure. you know to make the rest of it look decent as probably one of the things that you'll learn from doing security Right. Because you could go out there as being a doorman and bouncer, whatever you want to call it at the time, you could go out there and you could bust heads every single night, but it gets old, it gets repetitive. And then eventually you're stuck looking over your shoulder all the time. Yep. So you got to learn how to talk to these people, you know what I mean? And talk to them in a manner that they don't feel disrespected. Right. And this is where yep. I learned it as a, you know, at a, at a younger age. And, and it's, I mean, for yourself, uh, myself, it's, it's helped tremendously because if you can, I don't think that there's enough of that left anymore. And I think that sure. a lot of that has to do with social media, dude. Tell me if I'm wrong or not, right? Because it's really oh, easy dude. just to fucking, man, I hate you. Fuck you. Uh, tweet, send, blah. But if I call you and I'm like, what's the problem? What do you mean? I don't have a problem. I'm just, I'm just talking online, right? It, it's gone. Yeah, jacked. Super, super, super jacked uh, keyboard keys. Uh, right? Not, Warriors. Not, not much else. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I think. And you could take some, you could take text out of context and people are safe, you know, on the other side of their screen, on the other side of the world, wherever they are, you know, not realizing like, Hey, you're interacting with another human. 
and vice versa. So like, even if somebody's just trying to be a troll and look for a, a response, they've got to sort of understand, like, that's a person, you know, like, um, it's, it would be easy to say, and this is just a silly example again, for lack of coffee, but like somebody could go online and, and hear Justin Timberlake's music and go, I hate Justin Timberlake. And I think, well, that's kind of a strong stance to take. Maybe like he's not my musical cup of tea, yeah. but I can appreciate that he probably busted his ass, probably worked really hard. Uh, he's probably good at his genre of, of, of music that I, I don't understand, you know, and I'm sure he probably with between traveling and agents and managers and all sorts of dodgy business. I'm sure he's probably had to dodge so many metaphoric bullets. So to say you hate the guy just because you don't like his song, just realize like there's probably a hardworking, halfway nice human being under that whole facade that you see as a, you know, a Hollywood face. And I'm not taking any sides with the Hollywood guys, I think. You know, I think these days with all the, the political landscape and everything, who knows? I'm smart enough to know. I don't know much, but I think so many people are are heels when they look like baby faces and vice versa and up and down. And again, I'm just I'm smart enough to know this planet is like yeah. the ghetto of the galaxy. Yeah. So on the best of days with, with great, great people in said ghetto, said uh, intergalactic ghetto, <laughs> but a ton of shitheads, too. So I think like when 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 wrestling fans or like you said, like a, a patron in a bar, you know, if they're if they're just being shitty to you or if you're being shitty to them, you know, there's a human on the other side of that situation. Yeah. So if yeah. you handle it. Like I I literally remember in Toronto bouncing, me and Bill Scullion would bounce every night together. We were in some gnarly stuff uh, you know, together and, and only only at the last resort. Um, but I, I remember like always you know, being on the door and, and People walk in and I would I would look them right in the eye. I would never just look away from them like I'm just, sh you know, shuttling them like cattle. I would look at everybody and be like, have a great night in there, you know. So I think psychologically, it's very hard for somebody, you know, an hour or two down the road to be a shithead to somebody that was nice to them. And, and we've watched that. We've watched that change, too, right? Because, like, when you started off in a business, when you started off in the wrestling business, there wasn't for myself anyways email wasn't a thing to a lot of promoters out there no. you know what i mean you had to get on the it's phone and, and you still had to but you still had to call them you still had yeah. to call people on the telephone to talk to them and then it just time ah, I'm, I'm just gonna send so-and-so a text and say hey i'm gonna be in the like it's it's changed so much well and, and being i think uh, both of us being sort of students of psychology and i would always kind of joke and say there's no such thing as wrestling psychology there is just a psychology applied to wrestling Right. So, you know, when you're trying to handle situations, if you're not trying to figure out the best course of action, then you're probably going to be doomed. You know, like if you can't figure out how to communicate. It's funny. It's funny you say that because I've had this conversation with with other people. And I think me and uh, Sean Spears were talking about it not too long ago. And There's another page for radio right there. <laughs> right. No kidding. And I and and we got into it like. We were talking about uh, what was I just gonna fucking say? God damn it, you threw me off. You do that. Sorry, brother. It's, no. the, it's the Brad Pitt esque good looks. I uh, I appreciate it's a curse, man. You Sean Spears, uh, face for radio. Uh, you were talking to him the other day. You got into it. What the hell were we getting into though? I love when I go blank like that because my brain is all over the place. It's, it's, it's just all good. It's it's one of those like okay so. I, I get it. I, I get dropped in my head for I've been getting this is what happens for over a quarter of a century. I get this it. is what happens after 50. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I want it's to weird. I, in so many ways. I like me and me and uh, Adam uh, Edge. We're talking about this the other day. Like, I don't feel 50. Like, it's just a weird number. 
You know, like if I was to put the, the, the Horace Hogan, the Macho Man beard yeah. case Faber into my beard, I would knock probably another decade off. And if I shaved, I would look like a 12 year old Russian hooker. It wouldn't be pretty, but it would be I'd look young. Yeah. Um, like I don't have a whole, whole lot of wrinkles or I'm not, you know, all beat up like an old rat rod in the sun. But I mean, maybe a little bit compared to a, a earlier photo, but all things considered, like in my in my home here in Death Valley, about an hour out of Vegas, I'll have a wrestling student or two come up once in a while to help me you know, uh, clean out my uh, chicken coops or my goat stalls or something. Mm -hmm. And I'll literally pull up in my truck and I will grab uh, out of the back of like the, from the feed store, I'll grab like a big 50 pound bag of oats or, or, you know, whatever, and slug it over my shoulder, grab another 50 pound bag and slug it over my shoulder. And these like 21 year old, 25 year olds like, how are you doing that? Sure. You're so daunting. You know, I'm like, <laughs> just a dude you know just you just do it if you spend you so many do years it. doing it you just do it right and you've yeah. been down there you've been down living in the sun for a minute now right yeah. so there was I'm a big transition there's there's there's, there's a there's there's a huge transition you know what i mean uh i remember what it went through what i went through for me moving up here those first couple of winters and even now still to this day uh it is the most disgusting time of the year you know what i mean to be in the dead of winter that's something you came from and now you're down there in the, you know, there's still, no, don't get it twisted. I still think there's those three months out of the year down there that you don't like going outside, but that, that's summertime. That's sure. dead of summer where it's just fucking crazy. So you went through that. You've gone through like transition after transition. You've transitioned yourself. Like we're talking, you went, you're doing sideshow stuff, right? When you're younger, you're, you're drawing, you're drawing cartoons for comic books, you know what I mean? Which is actually, I think the first time we had met was I was doing some stuff with uh, Jeff Merrick and Mike yep. Wixon at a, at yep. an office, uh, an office build. We were doing media stuff together uh, down on queen street and you and yep. Adam came down with uh, your Fred, the possessed flower comic book. Right. Yep. I think that was one of the first, this was way before anything. Right. So I wanted to ask you about that is, I mean, obviously Fred is not a, is not around anymore. No, I was always fascinated though, because it was a comic book with the claymation covers. Yep. Do you still have the claymation stuff? No, they degraded pretty quick. Yeah. I didn't take such good care of them. They were, they never made it out of Canada. Uh, they were, they were long crumbled before I, I uh, migrated. Have you thought about redoing stuff? Because I know that you're doing like the, the, you're repurposing the LGN stuff and you've always been huge artistic more artistic jack, jack of all trades right jack jack <laughs> of all trades yeah. have you have um, you thought about bringing them back yeah uh, even uh adam and i even kind of were kicking around the idea of like once once the wheels fall off properly and we're not yeah. you know putting on knee pads every week we thought to do a kid's book together and i think that would be a lot of fun and, i think uh, it would be a lot different than fred though yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs> i mean we're we're both like i mean we're all dads now you know we're yeah. both, you know kid oriented and stuff and and uh you know i think uh, and adam is like i even so the other day at his house i i said uh i said asshole i was just i was we're just talking you know me and beth and adam and the kids were running around and he's like i'm like oh sorry you right. know or whatever so so around here like my my wife swears like a drunk sailor so she she says stuff that would make andrew dice clay blush so i'm you know i always try to be respectful whether i'm traveling you know whether it's overseas or wherever it is like when in rome i try to kind of you know blend 
blank, you know, I try to, you know, <laughs> make it back or whatever. And so, of course, and, I mean, when me, him and Ari are sitting there, you know, having a conversation or whatever, of course, we're, we're cussing like two cavemen for sure. But around his kids, like he's just, is a, he's a no swear zone, you know? So he's like, you even got to be careful when you text me just in case my kid opens up the phone. I'm like, no problem. I got you. No swear. <laughs> but that's important to him. So I try to respect it. It just, the little, the A word, uh, just, uh, Dude, I don't listen. I don't know how any of you do it. I don't. I. I don't have kids. I never had kids. I mean, you know, um, the reckoning, and and I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I remembered what my lineage is, and it has to stop someplace. I don't want that passed down to anybody else. You know what I mean? But then I remember that you know I did the stupid thing and opened up a wrestling school, and I teach all of those guys. So lineage of your assholeoness still carries on. It seems like right. Yes. You did the same fucking thing. Yes. And my, so, um, <laughs> you know what? I never set out to be a coach, but my mom was a school teacher for the longest time. And she was sort of like that Mary Poppins, Mrs. Doubtfire kind of teacher in a time when stuff was really strict, you know, rack them across the knuckles with a ruler. And she was always like, well, let's see why they are misbehaving or why they are not understanding or why. Like she was always trying to sort of Mary Poppins, you know, swim into their brains and figuring out how they needed to receive whatever the info was so she would always tell me stuff like and and again you know nowadays there's you know there's every i don't know uh mental disorder under the sun and i'm not negating any of them i'm making fun of it but i'm just saying like now there's a there's a thing for everything we have names for all of it yeah yeah back in the day you were either and i'm just i'm just saying it frankly like i don't know how else that they would say it but back in the day you were you're were, uh, you're a bad they put the kids in, in a bad kid class or like the the special ed class that was you're, it. That's, you're either in the you're either in the building or the annex yeah you yeah. know the, the little trailer or sometimes and sometimes they smash both of those together sometimes that was almost one and the same as far mm-hmm. as you know the the education system would go so my mom would would say stuff like to give all these kids 20 kids one piece of information you might have to tell those 20 kids 20 different ways right because they're all individuals so they're going to receive it how they're going to receive it and you have to figure out how to sort of take the temperature of the room how to see what will relate what won't relate and all that stuff so i think i kind of maybe by osmosis or dna or some other icky process maybe you got my mom's communicative skills maybe and like for me i like to joke a lot because i remember how nervous i was you know, listening to Hutchinson, you know, yeah. teach us and stuff like that, or even just, or even, you know, it's, that's still kind of carried over with uh, Dr. Tom or Al Snow or uh, any of those guys, you know, and I wasn't some little stupid little kid. Like I was a fucking bouncer. I was a bodyguard. I was a tournament fighter. So I wasn't like physically worried about it. I was just such a wrestling fan that I was so enamored and I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to disappoint anybody. So I'm like, I got to pay attention. I got to get to, uh, you know, and it was always such a nervous way to learn. So I just remember thinking as I'm going to try to teach people, you know, I, I'm not a softy coach and I'm not a ball buster coach. I'm right. I'm pulled. I'm in the middle, not too hot, not too cold, just right. right. And you got to just sort of figure out. There always seems to be a time and a place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you, have, I like and joke, you have to establish that. The way yeah. yeah. Uh, and looking again, looking, you know, being this gorgeous, you know, it's very intimidating for people. So I try to joke a lot. So that way, maybe the 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 humor will kind of open up the cracks in the skull and the knowledge will accidentally seep in a little bit better than it might. So I, you, I, I'm kind of a guy like that. So you're down there, you're working with those with those guys. They find they call you up. 
in one of the craziest, I can remember when it happened, one of the craziest call-ups, they call you up to get on the show and they bring out this character, Kazarni, who's yeah. doing the thing. And, Zoom tight. Yeah. And I've, I, I know that you and I have talked about this in private before. It had to be one of the most, in my opinion, wrong ways to bring you out. Sure. I mean, and, and, and who, who am I to, who am I to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not the billionaire, you know, that's got a giant company is, is at his disposal. I'm just this little asshole in spandex trying to make his way through the world. Duck, duck clotheslines <laughs> and his way through planet earth, you know? Um, so I, I chose to look like, like, I always like to kind of just evolve visually. I was very much, right. you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Like sort of a reference by, um, like Undertaker, like, you know, first he was a mortician, then he was a cowboy, then he was a biker, then he was a devil, then he was a different kind of cowboy, then he was, you know, this and that. So, but he was still always Undertaker. So I kind of felt like, well, this is me. Again, I'm not some a-hole that just went to the mall and got his face painted. Like I'm a legit mm-hmm. circus strong man, a legit, you know, sideshow geek magician, sideshow freak, whatever you want to call it, legit, you know, back in the day, you know, bodyguard, bouncer, tournament fighter, pro wrestler. So there's just, that's like the weirdest mix of mixed martial arts ever like when you say mix like i think people don't people always just kind of go yeah yeah mma but they don't realize like you know the kfc stands for kentucky fried like you're just saying kfc to make it sound a little yeah. more healthy but it's kentucky fried yeah, yeah you know yeah. so mixed martial arts isn't just mma it is mixed so i mean especially if you watch back in the earliest days of why they called it mixed martial arts you know you're seeing some seven foot uh dutch samurai against some 400 pound brother you know you do the time yeah. they, they let you go and then you go through this this stage of i'm sure like everybody does you know what i mean like okay what am i gonna do you get back on the horse right yeah. but because wasn't gonna be a thing no. right because that was the wwe thing how what what made you what was the process what was the process for you coming up into the new name because i mean i've been I've been outside of one match. I've been notorious TID my entire wrestling career, right? Your, your brain's wired a little differently. You're more out there, more all over the place. You know what I mean? With, with your artistic stuff, what was the process? How did you go from Kazarni to sin? So I I was sin first, Ron Hutchinson, Mm -hmm. um, he would always kind of tell us, hey, when you start, you're going to start as a baby face. That way you can be led by a heel. So we're like, okay. And then, So old school. Such yeah. an old school. Because yeah. Same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And then so all of a sudden out of nowhere, he goes, uh, Nick, um, he goes, we're uh, super short on heels. So you're going to start as a heel. So I'm like, he goes, so think of a name. You're, you're going on the next Apocalypse show in a, in a week. I'm like, shit. So in all of my creativity, I just, I had like a, just a complete brain fart. I couldn't think of anything because I was trying so hard to think. Like I could think of Fred Bliss, Fowler, all these weird things out of the top of my head. Boom, 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 no problem. But just trying to come up with one little name, it was just, I was beating my head against the wall. So what I, I came up with Sin and that just, just that. And I thought in my own weird, artsy, fartsy, kind of hippie-ish way, I thought, well, what's the one thing that binds all of us? Guys, girls, black, white, gay, straight, red, blue, um, d- different religions, agnostic, atheist, everything, sin. We all do bad shit. That's our one common ground. So I'm like, sin. So there you go. 
And then Ron was clever about it. And he goes, well, okay, I like it. That's fine. But we need, we need something in front of it or behind it. Because like, if you just say sin, it's just like one syllable thing. You're like, what? Sam, Stan, what, what is it? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it'll fly by your ear real quick. So he wanted something to kind of slow it down. So he's like, what about, um, I think I didn't call me original sin. He called me something else. Uh, oh, well, well, I can't even think of my own name now. Um, it was like something like, it was like, like the, the diabolical sin or whatever it was. And then that kind of quickly became original sin. And then just so that way it would kind of preface the word. So like, even today when I say like, you know, they're like, who are you? And I'm like, sin Bodhi. And they're like, what was that? And I'm like, sin, like the seven deadly and Bodhi, like the tree. And they're like, Oh, okay. And then they can kind of hear it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I just, uh, I figured the, the brood stuff was just tapering down. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would kind of do something along those lines, seeing as I grew up with the brood. So I'm like, Oh, why not? And it, but it just didn't feel, didn't feel quite, quite right. As I was just kind of trying to find myself, um, and and just it just kept on evolving. I would just try different stuff. I get very bored very quickly with everything. I'm just an artsy fartsy, perpetually uh, discontent kind of a person, you know. Um, but so I actually came up with Sin Bodhi um, just before, as I was getting hired. Like so, when I when I got hired out of OVW, um, uh, training under Al Snow and Danny Davis and uh, Robert Gibson and Rick Rogers. Um, Mike Bucci hired me and, and then they were sending me down to Florida. So when I went to Florida, I thought, you know what? I look pretty flamboyant. Like I had the blonde hair and the long braided tiger beard braids and all the Jack Sparrowy stuff. And it was just all weird and whatever. Um, so I wanted, I didn't want original sin. I wanted something that made the name sound less cartoony. Like I wanted it to be almost like a biker handle or something like, so I wanted a last name with it. And I always, since I was a kid, was enamored with the Point Break movie and Bodhi so you never knew the character's actual name the Bodhi right. was his nickname the Bodhisattva and Bodhisattva is Buddhist uh it means without fear greed or delusion which I thought that's awesome because that character was nothing but fear greed and delusion you know and I just but I I thought yeah man I don't want to be a slave in a metal coffin on the highway I want to do what I want you know so I I really kind of I like that sort of nomadic lifestyle and maybe that's probably also what it kind of led me to wrestling because really we're, we're really just cowboys, you know, just trotting across hell's half acre doing what we want. Yeah. We, when we want, we go when we want, do what we want. There's not a lot of jobs or anything that really a lot for that these days. Like you're really saddled to wherever you are. Um, so this, like, if I want to go to Germany anymore, I'll go to Germany. If I want right. to go to Mexico or I want to go to Toronto or I want to go wherever Detroit or St. Louis, I'll just, you can just go you book a wrestling show there and go. So there's not a lot of vocations. I think that a lot allow for that. Uh, but anyway, um, so I visually had arrived at what Kizarni looked like, like the the black beard, and that was before the the, the gray started showing, and the, the bleach blonde hair was very much uh, Michael Hayes, Rip Rogers. That with the black beard, blonde hair was very much those guys. Um, I was always big big fans of them, and Rip was one Remember of my. Remember when coaches. that that was that was like the wrestling look when you saw that guy even down the street, you're like, there's no doubt if your hair was like long and bleach blonde and you had a jet black beard to go with it you were you were a professional fucking wrestler <laughs> and right. nothing, brother, and brother, nothing brother. else and nothing no. else right no <laughs> and, 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 and that's and it was weird like you know what i never on a side note i never comprehended why everybody would see me and go he's so weird he's so weird like 
didn't think I looked so weird. I just looked like Michael Hayes or looked like a, I looked like basically like a, a like a rocker. Right. Just a wrestler and some spandex and some bleach blonde hair, you know? So I don't know why everybody perceived it to be so weird. And before that and during that and after that to this day, I don't set out ever to be weird. I set right. out to do what I want. And if that aligns with nobody or everybody or anything in between, so be it. I'm comfortable enough in my own skin just to do what I want. I think that's a very hard thing for a lot of people to do. And I'm not going to put myself over for it. I just, it's just what I do. You know, I'm not like, well, you know, everybody likes this politician or that football team or this, whatever, this TV show or this, if I like it. I like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But so, I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to understand that like people look at, you know, look at you and anybody who knows you and has followed your, your career and your life and stuff like that. You've had the, you've had the luxury so to speak of, to be able to do that. Not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people take the, um, take that, you know, road. Like I want to be sure. in a sideshow. So I'm going to be in a fucking sideshow. I want to be a professional wrestler. So I'm going to be a fucking professional wrestler. I want to live in the middle of the desert and fucking, you know, raise goats. So that's what you do, right? Like not a lot of fucking people, you know what I mean? Actually follow through with something that might be a dream or a bucket list and stuff like that. You're living in you're living in Orangeville, Canada. You're living in and then in Toronto or whatever. Like, what made you decide to be like I? I've had enough. I'm gonna go. You know, spend the rest of my days in the uh, in the middle of the fucking desert. You know what? I when I was a little kid, and I uh, to this day, I'm then and now, I and mean, everything in between. I was always a dreamer. Yeah, I thought if you could dream it, just go fucking do it. You know, and I remember, uh, you know. I was always living in like a little, I'm, I'm sorry that this interview is going to be prefaced with uh, chickens clucking or dogs barking. Like when my dog sees the mailman, <laughs> the little, the little dog bows up and it makes the big dog go like, whoa, 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 yeah, well, yeah, yeah, mailman, fuck him. I'll go fuck him. You know? Um, so anyway, um, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck was I saying? Where, where, where were we going? Get, my turn, to, my turn to brave See what I'm saying? This over 50 bullshit. You were saying, uh, if you can dream it, then you should just be able to live it. Yeah. So as a little kid, you know, I was, I wasn't like Adam and Jay, Edge and Christian, they were in town kids. Right. I was on the outskirts of town. So for me to go and play after school was always a note to get on this bus and then to have my mom pick me up after she did her, you know, her work. And then she had her other work and all this kind of stuff. And, and so it was always, there was a lot of time when I was just by myself in this little ranch house in rural Ontario, Canada. And it gave me a lot of time to, you know, watch cartoons, read comic books, watch wrestling, that kind of stuff. So I was in this weird little playland. Do you remember, uh, I, I've tried to explain this to some Americans down here, but do you remember that maybe it was, it was like the, what was it, what's the, what's the animation place in, in Toronto there that did all those? Uh, oh, down oh, by white TV there and that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I know who you're talking, I know who you're talking about. I think it was them that made it. Remember that little wizard of Oz cartoon? Mm -hmm. everybody has a funny funny face blah, 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 a funny funny place that thing like so i would watch that and i just kind of got kind of dreaming thinking like well i really want i don't want to be isolated here and everything in the movies and cartoons and wrestling looks so grandiose you know for my two little canadian eyeballs sticking out of my little canadian child's head i'm like man you know, look at the New York or LA or all these, or Texas, you know, like looking at like the Cowboys in Texas or the ninjas in Japan or the, you know, the whatever's in whatever. It just was always so enamoring. I'm like, man, I want to go see the world. So my first step was to kind of get rid of the blow the pop stand of the country and go to the city. So like I was 
really wanted to be in Toronto. So it was my earliest day that I could move to Toronto. I did. And then I was a pretty much a city guy ever since. Like I went from Toronto and after I trained with Ron Hutchinson, then I just kind of got in my car and started traveling. And, and actually that comic book you're talking about, Fred, the possessed flower, um, it was like globally distributed from diamond comics, which paid for my first two years of just being on the road learning. So that really, Dope. that really kind of, uh, financed my early wrestling adventure and i would just like again even being a flaky young dude i was still in that man mode of like not going to be like asking people for rides or how do i get here or there like if you're grown ass man get your fucking ass to work like you know so i would get booked in detroit or nashville or wherever i would just show up like a local i just, just i would just you know a no-name guy so pay me like a local guy i'll get myself there and then i just learned and i just absorbed you know from guys like Bobby Eaton or Tracy Smothers or just the list goes on, Pat Tanaka, the list goes on and on, excuse me. And so I just did that. And then and joking about arriving here, not now being out in Death Valley feeding goats. So for the longest time uh, living in Henderson in Las Vegas, um, we literally, not to fragment this story with all these weird little side tiny stories, but like, so uh, for years, my wife and I lived in the Keep Sweet uh, sex compound of Warren Jeffs. So for you uh, humans who are listening or watching that do not know who Warren Jeffs is, uh, he is a Mormon polygamist cult leader that's in jail for life. And we rented his property, not from him. We were actually uh, an old timey baseball player, like an old, old, old timey. Like he was so old, he makes old look young. And he has a bunch of properties across Vegas and he had this place. He couldn't rent it or sell it. I guess, you know, when something weird happens in a place that devalues the property. And, but I guess now over the last couple of years, that property has skyrocketed and just people are moving into Vegas in, in droves. You know, and I appreciate that. I'm, I moved, you know, for greener pasture from another, yeah. another place. So I can't fault anybody. I just, uh, and I really try to politically behave myself when, you know, I, I, I think a lot of really nonpartisan ideas, like I'm an idea guy, you know, I don't think like, well, I don't like this politician, but if he or she has a good idea, I'm open-minded enough to go, I don't like them, but I like that idea. Or I do like this guy or girl, but I don't like that idea. Right. So I, I understand why people move from New York to Florida or from California to Las Vegas or the other way around, or like from, from blue to red or from red to blue. I just think my biggest thing is like, again, when in Rome. So if I'm going to go to England, like I've, I've traveled to England with other wrestlers who are great guys, but they would complain about everything. Like, oh, the soda pop isn't as big over the beverages aren't as big or this or that, or you can't get this. So a lot of the England guys would be like, well, fuck off back to the U.S. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoyed England. So I would just find all the, you know, the ways to sort of like when in Rome. Yeah. So I think like if I was if I was going to go travel to New York, which I literally was just there a couple of weeks ago, like I'll do it their way. If I'm going to be in Florida, I'll do it their way. Like I'm not going to go to one. I'm not going to go to your house. Tell you how to set your table. Oh, right. shit, I don't like your curtains. You should get better, different curtains, you know, right. or you should have different food in the fridge. Like it's your fucking house. So I think like if you're leaving from California to come to Vegas, leave whatever the fuck you voted in behind you. Don't be such a narcissist and bring that problem with you and bring it for other people. Come to where you're coming because that's what's there and vice versa. And that, yeah. that goes blue and red, red and blue, yeah. you know, either way. And so I just, I, I was always very uh, adaptable to be in different places. Like I've stayed lots of red places, lots of blue places. And I always have these arguments with my little brother, and, and and who I very much uh, think of as Niles Crane, so <laughs> uh, who I love, 
I genetically have to love him. He's a great, great guy. He's a smart and kind uh, guy. We we uh, we joke and say like we we uh, we arrive at the same conclusions with very different paths. Right. You know, like we want to see Mochi. What is it? Is it the mailman? Is he here to <laughs> drop, drop off diabolical letters? Or maybe an Amazon guy or something? Maybe a cat or a dog walking or kids walking by? Sorry, my my little uh. So we went right. on, a, on a completely other weird again different offshoot story so my wife and i sort of unofficially rescue critters up here so we've yeah. got all these silly every creature every creature here on this funny farm is just like their old man just out, out to lunch Dude, you know it's funny and i'm going to interrupt you here for a quick second because the similarities the similarities with us are ridiculously baffling uh, if you think about it like i grew up in that same kind of small you know, area mentality, right? Because I didn't live in North Las Vegas. I was born there. My And then we moved to Washington state and we lived in Washington state. I lived in the sticks, like the closest city was 40 miles away type of thing. I wanted nothing more than to get into the city. I didn't want to, I was, as a kid, I needed to see things. It's on TV. I got to see these lights. I got to experience all of this stuff. And so I wanted nothing more than to get to the city. Now, as I get older, I want nothing more. Like I'm literally talking to my mom right now, who has a couple of properties out of Moapa Valley uh, about, you know, taking, taking one of those off of their hands and, and, and going back there. The problem I have right now is I have seven dogs. I have seven fucking dogs that are, you know, you know, as well as I do make it kind of tough to travel across the border because then you've got to do the drive and the drive from here down to down there is, 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 is a little daunting, right? Yeah. It's a little fucking daunting. So, but that is the plan and I, and I get it. So everything that you're saying about like, you want to be out there and just, you know, rescue. I've told my wife, it's the same thing. I've got a, I've got a dog with a, I've got a, uh, a, a, a nice, uh, um, an apple headed long haired chihuahua with a hair lip. I've got a Shih Tzu with three legs. I've got somebody tried to make a, a, a miniature Labradoodle. So his front legs, he sits like a, like a hot rod. You know what I mean? His front legs aren't really there and stuff like that. Like we've got, we're in the same thing. We, it's the Island of misfit fucking dogs. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's, so I get it. Is the animal thing you, is it your wife? Was it a combination that brought you two together? Like how did it, you know, the latter, I know how it was the latter, for sure. We're, we're yeah. both softies when it comes to, to the critters. Um, I like humans just fine, but I like critters way more. My yeah. wife is really just not a human person at all. She's, she's the happiest angry person you're ever going to meet. <laughs> I've, I've, I've literally used this example a thousand times. She is the chicken hawk to my foghorn leghorn. Okay. Yeah. You know, so when yeah. I'm sort of being a passive Canadian, oh, that's okay, Mr. Promoter. Yeah, it's okay. Give me a middle seat on the flight. Give me the whatever. It's fine. But she's like, no, see, Sin needs this. See, no. Give him the bullet smarties. See, you know, all this kind of, she's always uh, being my, my, bodyguard you know she she is the kevin costner to my whitney houston you know that's that's hilarious it's funny because and how long how long have you guys been together now about 10 years okay so so totally long enough same thing same thing like me and my wife been together for holy fuck 24 years going on just past just past 23 right i'm a big mark for happily ever after i think i think people that could sustain a long relationship to me like for what it's worth for me i think that's awesome because that just says you're a grown ass dude that knows how to communicate and care for somebody yeah. and vice versa with, with the, the lady or, yeah. or whoever it is, whatever, if you're married to a, another dude or a squirrel or a whatever, right. fine, whatever. But the two parties involved, I think have, if they can hear each to. other and understand each other and have each other's back, I think that's honorable and cool as fuck. 
but she's the she's the more passive one, obviously. I, I don't know if you've noticed or not. I kind of have a big boisterous demeanor. Um, <laughs> so there's kind yeah, of that's some... what you mean. like you always seem so, you know, you look like a big kind of scary biker to me, but you were always patient and articulate and you know, patient, I think so was the most impressive part. Uh, because you're always clever, but I think it'd be easy for a dude your size and looking the way you look just to be like, oh, this was gonna be. You know, right. but instead we're very amicable, and I like yeah. to, I like to think of myself the same way. Like yeah. I could probably easily go, no, we're doing this, and I could probably yeah. get away with that a lot. I wouldn't, I know, ever, not ever. There's there's no longevity in that kind of a attitude on life, right? But I'll notice I'll notice sometimes every once in a while my wife will like she'll blurt out with something that sounds exactly like she would have come out of my mouth. You know what I mean? And it's just. It's almost like that same kind of feeling you get when one of your students at, at, at your school does something completely perfect inside of the ring. And you're like, fuck, yeah, I'd made that, yep. <laughs> you know, and so it's it's, it's got to be the same way the other way around. I just haven't experienced that one yet. I can't imagine how many animals you sit with right now. Uh, I've got uh, so this little this little critter that's squeaking and, and hooting and hollering in, in the distance. Her name is Mochi. She is a pit wawa. <laughs> if you can figure that shit out, please tell me like, the, the please tell me the dad was the chihuahua. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. So she was out of all the critters we have. She was the worst off rescue that we okay. got. I don't even want to take this interview on a, on a such a negative disgusting yeah. note of what she prevailed through but let's just say it was disgusting yeah and so she's a sweet she's she's so she's the smartest one we have for sure like she is clever but uh due to head trauma from what she survived she goes from zero to hero really quick like her medulla oblongata is mm -hmm. no bueno Mm. so she just you know she hears a noise or something she's like what the fuck's going on blah, 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 blah. and she turns into that that bulldog from tom and jerry where she's like yeah like looking around and yeah. so she'll see like a cat outside or, or a kid walking down the street from school or you know something and there's no there's not a whole lot of people around here so i i even want to be more out in the sticks than i am but like we have like we're on a little a small ranch on a little acre and so these properties out here on the edge of death valley uh they're all about acre big properties or whatever so there's there's neighbors but they're far enough distant. away that you yeah yeah exactly but close yeah. enough where my dog can bark at people walking by or whatever which is Dude, rare it always like, happens just, i've yeah. got a i've got we've got we've got another one uh her name is teak she looks like an ewok that's why she got the name teak you know what awesome. i mean because uh and she's she's completely blind she only has one eyeball but it doesn't work either like she's completely blind um the only reason i named her teak was because my wife wouldn't let me name her roomba because that's how she gets around she literally like will walk into a wall dent turn the other way dent right but bonk, then she's got to be on your bonk, lap bonk. she's got to be on your lap you know what i mean if you're sitting there like she just mod but she'll do stairs she can go up the stairs. She can go down the stairs. Like sure. it's insane sure. how, and, and that it's stuff like that that makes me, you know, just applaud animal nature, right? Like their ability to just overcome because they have no fucking it? choice. What was it? I don't know. It was like a movie or I don't know. I want to even say, I could be making this up. Maybe my imagination is slipping into for my dreams or something. This could have been like Marilyn Manson saying this in some movie or something, but something about like, the, the scars or imperfections on people or, or creatures kind of 
helps define that, like helps make them all individual, you know, yeah. like you said, like your, you got your one-eyed little critter there. I've got my I'm a one-eyed cat. We named her Mr. Fuji. And she is, she is like, uh, she's like a dog. She'll just come on. I'm like, Hey, Fuji, come on. And she's like, yeah, where are we going? Right. You know, or she'll always, she's my poop buddy. Like every time I go to the bathroom, I'm like, come on, Fuji. She's like, yeah, let's go. And she like, <laughs> and my she'll shit in my, sit in my, in my, in my pants. You know, I've got my, I took a photo the other night and I sent it to my wife when she was at work. And it was just like a, an ankle shot of my, like my drawers down by my ankles with my cat, like in my, <laughs> in my shorts. And she's just like, that's the most cat thing I've ever seen. <laughs> It's like so a duel between the one-eyed cat and the one-eyed snake. Is that what you had going right, on? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of that. Uh, but yeah, just uh, it's 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 super um, fulfilling. Like I can't just I cannot even put it into words. I'm an artsy yeah. parts guy, and even and it's it's beyond me to explain it. But like the most powerful, coolest thing I've ever experienced is like holding an innocent creature that is just blinking up at you with their bambi eyes and they trust you and they love you and they just you know like this guy's gonna feed me this guy's gonna protect me this guy's gonna keep me warm and keep yeah. me safe like just that loving innocent look like i think people are kind of the heels and animals with the baby faces but we can't let people in public see that about us sometimes you know what i mean because they don't get it they don't get it they don't get it they don't understand that side of us sometimes sure. you know what i mean so I, I was doing an interview with, with uh, Vince Russo a little while ago, and we were talking about that. He's like, oh, you're such a softy, bro. You know, don't, don't kill the gimmick. Yeah, right, right. And I'm like, I, I don't feel that I am killing the gimmick at all because, you know, you surround me by ropes and turnbuckles. I'll be pretty mean, you know, yeah. but I would not, not ever to a critter. So, yeah. like, unless you, unless you booked me against Bambi, you're fucked. You know, like I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not listen, gonna, even if then, if the payday is well enough, I can Bambi's getting it. Okay. I'll do what I gotta do. I'll feed my family however I gotta feed my family. Sorry, like, sorry your mom left you, Bambi, but this isn't gonna fucking end well for you. That's, that's right. On that note, too, like, so I'll tell you, like, so something, and this could ruffle feathers wherever or whoever. I don't think not so much, not so much in you know, for your Canadian viewers, but for a lot of American viewers, like, in some ways, uh, uh, you know, very, very rural in my, in my thinking and very uh, progressive also in my thinking, like I am a constant contradiction of things. Sure. Yeah. Like I've had, you know, I've had discussions with other wrestlers or whatever, but, oh, you must be super red on this or super blue on that. I'm, I don't like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like, this, you know, and all this You're stuff. You're Nevada. So, You're the state of fucking Nevada. I'm, I'm kind of purple, I guess. Like, right? I, I wouldn't define myself as saying like, like I don't identify, and this uh, this will also this is another extra ruffling of others. Like I don't identify as a white straight cis male. I identify as me. I have yeah. so much more to offer than just those bare bones of it. And if somebody else needs to cling to some basic uh, lowest common denominator of 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 branding, that's that, look inward. Don't bug me. Look inward. They'll, right. You know, like. Like if you're yeah. going to, I always joke and be like, you know, Tid, if you're going to hire uh Sin Bodhi to wrestle for your show and you're going to hire this other so-and-so to wrestle for your show. And we're both pretty comparable. And one of us is a boob man. And one of us is an ass man. Does that really factor in? You're just going to pick the wrestler. You like better. That's going to work harder. It's going to do a better job or whatever. Like, I don't know the relevance of like what I like in the sack, just be a good human and do the work. 100%. That might sound so cringy to some people, but I'm at the point of this at the my life where I'm just like, yeah. yeah. I heard this TED Talk guy, this business guy, and it made me laugh, but it was poignant. 
He was just like, if you're, and he was like, he's that dude with the white hair and the $5 billion suit. And he's always cussing. I can't think of his name. And he would be like, if anything I say to you guys offends you, oh, I can yeah, get mad go, at your parents for raising a yourself. pussy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yes. know, so like, Al Snow said it really great with this one uh, a wrestling uh, student that, that just couldn't comprehend that he was trying to help them. And Al just didn't put any heat on that person at all. He just openly just tweeted, I'm responsible for what I say, not for what you understand. 100%. 100%. And that goes back to almost when we were talking about, like with social media stuff at the beginning of all of this, like the, 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 how it gets lost in translation. If I look at words sure. on a screen, if I look at words on a screen, I'm going to interpret it completely fucking different than what you may have meant when you wrote it. Right. You're going to interpret it conveniently and swiftly with the, yes. the minimal amount of, of work. Like if I, if I texted you motherfucker. Yeah. So I could be like, Hey motherfucker. Or I'd yeah. be like motherfucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. the two very different things. And if somebody is so obtuse to not understand where, why, how, like what, how the table is set on something, I think, again, I, like, I think both, both sides of the aisle new, news wise do that all the time. They soundbite somebody to make them sound like a total douchebag. I'm, you know, everywhere. Like it's yeah. that whole, uh, like the, was it running man or whatever? It's like, oh, bring that back. The top of, you know, yeah. where they're trying to help everybody. And they just, they just sound like the shit out of them, you know, and now with it, all that crazy AI stuff, like, I'm just like, Oh my God. It's so much like I can, I get it from both sides because my family still lives there. So, and I'm still, I'm still very much invested in, in, in my life in the United States um, as well. So I get that side of it, but then I get the the luxury of, of watching it all go down from another country. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's absolutely baffling to me how overworked up humans become and get themselves when it comes to, when it comes to politicking, I don't when care they're, when, I don't, when they're buying the storylines, when, when like, they're, they're buying they're the storylines, the their popcorn, sharing yeah. and booing for their favorite heels and baby faces, yeah. not realizing they're all in the same fucking locker room. Yeah. And the storyline's going to change just like it yeah. does in professional wrestling. And this is one of the sure. things that I found, and I'm sure that you've used it. And we we've talked about this. We talked about this earlier where like everything, everything wrestling related is you find a way, you know, it's not so much wrestling related as much as it's life related. So you, do you find yourself? Cause I know I do. It's like, if I'm, I have a situation out there in real life and I try to assess it, I try to analyze it and I try to take care of it the same way. And then I'm going, Oh, Oh, this is just fucking pro wrestling. Yes. Yeah, just it's a pro, pro wrestling, wrestling scenario. All over I was wearing that, that thing the other day. The, uh, it was a collar and elbow shirt. Uh, thank you, Rod Hicks. Thank you. Else. No, um, <laughs> it was a life is a work. Right. And yeah. it's, it's all, and, yeah. and here's the thing is too, like I travel so much and very much in that fight club, Tyler Durden, uh, disposable conversation, disposable friends, you, yeah. know, you meet somebody in an airplane, you meet somebody standing in line at Starbucks or in, in line at the TSA or whatever. I've had wonderful conversations with people that were white, black, red, blue guy, girl, straight, uh, trans, gay, uh, whatever, wonderful conversations. And I've also seen uh, and, uh, you know, and it takes two to tango for sure, but I've seen awesomeness and I've seen shittiness in all those flavors too. Yeah. So just to like, when you have one-on-one -on -one of just about anything, I think you get the best, the best of that person and you get the best exchange. Like if you're, I'm not like, I, you know, again, what I'm just for sake of argument, let's just say you're super blue. Let's just say I'm super red. Well, if we both hear each other or we're both, you know, you're a white guy, I'm a black guy, or I'm a gay guy, you're a straight guy, whatever. If we can just talk and we hear each other, then I think 
we can exchange ideas and we can both become smarter for those ideas and we can discuss uh we can debate we can even argue but if we hear each other through those things great but i mean who needs to hear an ultimatum like dude uh porridge is the only thing you should eat for breakfast if you only eat porridge if you don't eat porridge you're a fucking idiot you know yeah. you should be you know yeah canceled you know like, like fuck you it's like you putting together like porridge, but you're gonna say fuck you just because of how we set it all up it's like putting you know? together a fucking match nick yeah. It's, it's like putting together a match, right? You have to be able to communicate with the person that you're communicating yeah. with in front of your face just to fucking make sure that you get the best thing possible for both yeah. of you. Life yeah. is a fucking work. I used to have, I used to remember, I, I used to have shirts that said, what's a work, right? Yeah. On, the, on the front yeah. of them. Because like, tell me, tell me. You're sure. like, it's a fucking work. Tell me, what's a fucking sure. work? That isn't sure. a work from the fucking next thing, you know? Sure, sure. It's all a fucking work. Sure. This has I'm been so, fantastic. I'm so and communication is key. Not to say, and I'm about to say something caveman cringy, but again, don't don't care. Like, yeah, I, I learned I learned that communication is paramount. I learned that from my practice wife. <laughs> you know? Oh, the so old practice wife. Oh, you know. So, <laughs> but, but that's it's true though. Like, I again, I like to crack my jokes, but sure, within within my humor, there is serious intel and hopefully useful intel to wrestling students or whoever you know whoever and vice versa i keep yeah. my eyes and ears yeah. open all the time like i try to learn but you know as well as i do wrestling. you don't you don't get that you don't get that by not paying attention over life sure you absolutely life have to get that right if i'm if i'm meeting somebody or if i'm watching a news anchor or i'm watching a clip about a politician or i'm watching uh, just anything about anything yeah. again like i, I kind of joke and think like Marks thinking checkers, workers thinking chess. And it's like, I, I really like my brain is always such a hornet's nest. You know, like I see my, my, my night, my nightmares or my, my dreams are pretty boring, but my daydreams, like I see it. All. I'm like Tony Stark. Like there's 20 million things in front of me right, right. now. Triple H is fighting Donald Duck on this giant pizza over here. You know, Snoopy and Joe Biden are skipping rope over here. Donald Trump is kayaking over here. You know, Hulk Hogan is flexing over here with a bunch of Smurfs. You know, I see always all the time. Yeah. Um, so just to just to like dial in your ideas and, and just have open minds uh, with, with stuff and, and listen to other actually listen to the other people and then decide, does this sound right? Does this not sound right? And yeah. that's wrestling or life or, or, or anything, I suppose, you know. So so with that said, then what's next for you? Because you are obviously, you know, and I'm just going to say this because you're old, you're fat, you're bald. <laughs> Right. The career is winding down severely. You know what I mean? Like it does for all of us. And we all have to get to that realization. You know what sure. I mean? So like, well, I, have I you, haven't realized have you, it have you made a plan? I know it's on the horizon, but <laughs> so you haven't, uh, as, as do you think you're going to uh, spend the rest of the days and open up your own rescue? You know what I mean? To, for other people, what, what is there a plan for sin? So Bodhi? If, if I, if I won the lottery, I would have an island full of dogs and cats and tortoises and goats and chickens and everything, but I don't know that that's going to happen anytime sure. soon. So my wife is always much better about it than I do, but she'll put those little, uh, like the little, uh, it's like an Amazon wish list of like goat uh -huh. food or cat food or cat medicine or some, or some such, you know, goat oats, I call them goatios, you know, <laughs> goatee poops, you know, like whatever it is just to kind of make it easier because the, the, obviously the, you know, the easier that is, the more the the better we can yeah. take care of all these critters. Like I would probably have a decent stash of cash saved if I wasn't spending like you would just go shake your head to know how much I sent I spend on goat food, chicken food. You know, I don't even eat the chicken. Like we eat their eggs, which are awesome. 
Yeah. And that's a whole other like thing we can talk about too, just seeing how like oh, farm fresh not, stuff, dude. Nothing farm better fresh versus than, factory or versus like grocery store. Just the thin the thinness of the shell. You know what I mean? When it comes right out of the coop and you just you crack it and it's just it's a it's a much better tasting egg. Uh, yeah. Anyways, well, that's a different you, fucking like, I saw this guy kind of joking about like eggs are the gateway to being a gateway drug to being a conspiracy theorist. You're like, man, if I if I boiled you eggs straight from the butts of my chickens or if I boiled you eggs from the fanciest of grocery store, the most free rangiest of whatever eggs from a sure. grocery store, you could tell the difference 10 out of 10 times, 100%. which which leads me in my sort of imagination. Well, I, I won't call it a conspiracy. Theory. I just see I just the, the chess game of life the shell game of life, I would just think like, if eggs are like that, what else is like that? Like when we grew <laughs> up, there was no peanut allergies or gluten or this or that right. or whatever. And, you know, one out of a, one out of 5 billion bajillion people were autistic or whatever. And now there's so many, you know, malfunctions in the human body all over the place. So why? I don't know, but I'm smart enough to know. I don't know much. So I'm smart enough to kind of ask. I'm thinking yeah. why I think when we don't ask why, and I think, these days questions are made to be like dirty words like ask why shouldn't you yeah. fucking ask? sure sure as long and as you don't and people. i'm okay with all of that as long as you don't spend every dying minute you know what i mean trying to come up with a reason like sure. they're, they're, it's not you still have to live your life you oh, still sure. have there's to a, live healthy, your life there's right? certainly a healthy medium of like i'm not that little moth to a flame uh city yeah. soft tenderfoot that's just going to hope for the best and i'm not that guy sitting with his binoculars and a shotgun out you know in my in the in the, in the, the you know the big whatever the the camel oh, the, stuff ghoulie, the ghoulie suit or whatever they're called yeah yeah, yeah. i'm Jilly not waiting suit. for red dawn either I, yeah I'm, I'm somewhere healthily in the middle like i, I enjoy my life i'm a yeah. silly guy i'm passionate about uh, the critters i'm passionate about my family i'm passionate about uh jumping around play fighting in spandex you know like it, it pays the bills it lets me see the planet and I, I joke when I when I when I fly out or drive out, my wife's like, "I'll miss you, don't you? You know, like, do you have to go so much?" And I'm like, "Hey, if I didn't go, I wouldn't be able to miss you so much." She's like, "You motherfucker!" Right, <laughs> right. Like, left hand, ah, left handed logic. <laughs> left handed logic. It's the best. Right. Uh, Nick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. We've been. We've been yammering on like a couple of old hens here for the last hour, it seems like. But I could do this for two, three hours more. You know what I mean? I'd love to catch up with you. Any excuse to catch up with you is cool. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I I wish you nothing, nothing but the best of success in in all that you do, as always. Uh, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the world, especially in the world of professional wrestling. And you know this as well as I do, who are just absolute fucking nutters who don't have their head on straight. You know what I mean? You, uh, you are not one on, of those On people. that note, on that note, I, I, the biggest thing that I preach is not, you know, yes, creativity, yes, be an original act. Like, right. you know, like cover bands don't sell out auditoriums. Original acts do. But right. put all that aside, we'll put a pin in that. The safety. Like, I'm always preaching safety. Like, you know, if I sock you or whatever, you'll be just fine. Like I, I believe the best way to say sorry to an opponent is be so fucking good and so safe. You never have to say sorry. Oops, sorry about your orbital socket. Oops, sorry about your spine, your tooth, your neck, your knee. Yeah. No, if if, if, if there's that, uh, you know, as, as it is, there's that unwritten rule amongst brothers to leave each other. How are you found? Completely you know, safe. Break. I remember so working like, a match. I can remember working a match. Monkey. 
I can remember working a match with you. I can remember working a match with you where you actually had to fucking remind me because it wasn't visually that I could see. You're like, I'm biting your fingers right now. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And the same match. This was some some one of these like ring and ears fucking shows that we were doing in like Big Mac's horrible ring. And at one point you went to pick me up and I couldn't get up off of the mat because there was a nail sticking through from the backside that had hooked me in the back of my fucking head that we had to pull myself off of this thing to get up in this ring. But it is. It's like if I don't if I can't see it, if you don't have that line, you've got to communicate it. Right. You know what I mean? Because that that's about being safe. That's about being, you know, uh, in control of everything that you do, loving the person that you're in that ring with and being a good brother. And that goes way beyond wrestling. That's in life in general. And that's just like these talks that I'm having with with people that I enjoy, people that I respect and that I want to have conversations with. That being said, Nick, I want to say thank you once again. Uh, for taking the time out and doing this uh, we are we are up against it like i said but we will definitely be doing more of these um yeah, we'll down the road. you let me know anytime absolutely uh exactly. everybody thank you so of... much yeah sorry, sorry. I can, uh, no 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 you're good uh, yeah i mean we can we can i'd love just to catch up and if the rest of the planet happens to be listening awesome but i mean even better i'd yeah. love to hear what, what you've been doing i'd love to tell you what i've been doing so, yeah anytime you want i'm sure good to go tremendous ladies and gentlemen stick right there uh we are going to take a quick break we got some bills to pay as usual they have to be done uh you are listening to the law live audio wrestling we'll be right back Hey there, friends, listeners, and newcomers. This is Eric B., and I am the host of the Impactful Podcast. On the Impactful Podcast, we're going to break down everything Impact Wrestling each week. That includes everything that goes on in the background, everything that happens on TV, and everything that you're hearing on the news and social media. So please join me each week and live life impactfully. are back on the law live audio wrestling here on spotify apple itunes SME radio all the other podcast providers you can find us you can find us chris i i'm i'm, I'm just gonna i just sound like chicken scratch now you did it again you pulled out another one listeners eargasms uh that was amazing man uncle nick what the hell i mean what can you say about the guy he's He's a he's a salt of the earth human being who's living in an area where, you know, the whole earth is mostly salt. So good for him. Uh, yeah, I listen. These are the conversations that I like to have. And thank you all for. For hanging out and listening to them with us all over again. You know, I I dig it. And there's more coming. Oh, there is so much more coming next um, week. Uh, you want to give them a quick preview of who we are sitting sh- down with? OK, so next week. Next week is we're going to take it a little bit different. It's not so much a worker, but it is a worker, probably one of the most important human beings inside of the ring. And I'm talking about a referee, uh, you know, and here's a guy uh, who has been in there with so many of the old timers, uh, including guys that uh, trained me, 
and we're going to sit down and talk with Ontario legendary referee who also works for Impact, works for or TNA or IP HW. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, works for all of them and we're talking about referee harry d no that's not just a gimmick name that's his real name uh so next week and if you think that uh your kids heard a little bit of something something this week <laughs> oh no i got my work cut out for me uh at some point it almost sounds like a dog whistle because it's just beep 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 Beep. But we tell some great stories about some old time guys, and it's a lot of laughs. You're not going to want to miss this one either. So, why are they that's... flashing that light on me? I know we're out of here. Okay, okay, geez. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you yeah. for being part of the law again. Live audio wrestling. Check us yeah. out on sminiradio.com. Check us out at facebook.com slash sminiradio, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that good stuff. Chris, you got anything you want to say before we roll this ride out? Uh, I just realized that SNME radio sounds like Sesame street, but that's just me. I like it. <laughs> Sesame street radio. Here we go. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, no. Uh, what have you started? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, only if I can be the cookie monster. Let me tell you how to get to SNME. <laughs> Yeah. No, see? No. see here we go ladies and gentlemen Radio, we love you we're not talking crap about our sponsors no, no we're laughing with you yes wait a of second course. did that again so that well, red light reverse. is that red light is really hurting my eyes well that's because you live across from a kenny rogers roasters oh. all right kramer so we're gonna get out of here until next week uh please like subscribe share it with all of your friends you can always send us an email with your suggestions, uh, like a suggestion box, basically, to thelaw.liveaudiowrestling at gmail.com. You can follow us on X uh, and on threads at, uh, at thelawwrestling. And until next week, da -da -da -da! my name is Chris Tidwell. That is Brady Wedham. This is The Law Live Audio Wrestling. And until then... Tuck your chin. Thank you for listening to The Law, live audio wrestling with Chris Tidwell and Brady Weta. You can email any questions or comments to be read on air to thelaw.liveaudiowrestling at gmail.com.